Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so happy that you are here today because I believe God's word will build you up to do all that he has called you to do. And that's some great things he has called you to do. And also his word will transform you into the person that he wants you to be the son, the daughter that is conformed into the mature image of Jesus. That's where God's word is taking you today. Praise God. Let's take our Bibles and go over to the gospel of Mark chapter 10 and look at just a couple of verses, verse 28 and 29 and 30. And let's see what Jesus said about the hundredfold return. And we're going to receive our tithes and offerings based from this scripture. Then Peter began to say to him, see, we have left all and followed you as if Jesus didn't know that. But Peter wants to, to get that point across to the Lord. So Jesus answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. My friends were headed towards eternal life, glory to God. But it's very important to know that right now, because right now is where you need it. You can have the hundredfold return. What a beautiful phrase, the hundredfold return. And when you sow into kingdom soil in kingdom projects, you position yourself to receive the hundredfold return, which is God's very best for your life. Now, as you have been listening over the last few weeks, we are in the month of February and we are closing right at the end of the month on the 14 acres that will house the new pure gold television studio, which we will construct brand new on that site. So to close on the land, we need 50 K $50,000 down. And we are rushing towards that goal. And my friends, as you sow into it, I want you to know that for the ministry, you're sowing into what for the ministry is a field of dreams and we're going to build uh, some structures there that will bring great glory to the Lord and will be tools for world evangelism. But I want you to sow your seed with an expectancy that the dreams that you have, that God has given you kingdom dreams, that you also will see God come and move on your dream and bring it to fulfillment as well. Praise the Lord. I tell you what, I'm in faith for the Lord to go above and beyond on this offering for the field of dreams. And I, I believe the Lord could even cause it to be paid off. And if somebody would like to just uh, write a check for that, the whole amount is actually $215,000. That is what the sale price is. Not like it's a secret because you can go to any county record anywhere in America and you can find out what any house or property, land or whatever was bought or sold for. So it's no secret. That's how much we're buying the property for and it's worth every penny of it. And uh, if not more, we got a great deal on the property. So 215 would pay the whole thing off and, uh, and enable us to literally 
to begin uh, immediate the design phase. And we've, we've pretty much narrowed it down to the type of structure that we're going to build, square footage and so forth. So uh, we want to move, hallelujah, with the Spirit and get this project uh, going forward, hallelujah. But thank you so much for everybody that has been sowing into this project. I tell you what, it's really touched my heart, my wife's heart, our entire team, as we're seeing a miracle unfold before our eyes. Now, I believe God's going to give you your dream manifested as well. So thank you for sowing. Those of you that have not yet sown, you can't reap a harvest without sowing seed. Praise God. Now, let's honor the Lord. Let's continue to sow into that. And let me also share this. As ministers know, whenever you have a special project, yes, people get uh, they get excited about the project because they see that God's in it. But we also have to honor the Lord with our tithe because the tithe is what keeps the, the general uh, administrative budget flowing smoothly. With the tithe, we are able to pay bills. We're able to continue the things we have already engaged in, and we're able to run everything smoothly. So uh, while you're sowing your best seed, Always remember to honor the Lord with your tithe. Sometimes people get a little excited and that they love to sow. And that's wonderful. We need that. But we must also remember to continue to bring the tithe in because 10% belongs to the Lord. And we are instructed to bring it into the storehouse, which is where we have our spiritual nourishment from. Praise God. Now let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for those that are sowing into this kingdom project because Jesus said that this hundredfold, it centers around uh, the gospel, the preaching of the gospel. We thank you for that, O God. We give you all the glory. It's for your sake and the gospels. So, Father, I just pray that the 100-fold blessing, the 100-fold return fall on the seeds that have been sown by your people, and they see their dreams literally fulfilled. Praise God. Hallelujah. And Father, we, we just thank you that we are in faith that you're going to meet this need of the required down payment. And Father, we believe that you could even go above and beyond. We even believe that the whole thing could be paid off. And of course, it would all be for your, glo your glory. So Father, we thank you for these times of sowing. Father, you are not in need. You have streets that are made of pure gold. You've had, you have uh, courtrooms that are paved with diamonds. Father, you're not in need. These opportunities are for our lifting. You have designed these opportunities for our lifting, and we thank you for the privilege of participating in your kingdom endeavors. Father, bless your people, and we give you all of the praise. We are in faith that you're going to put this project over the top, and we give you all the credit for it in advance. In Jesus' name, and let's all shout and say, Amen. Woo. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, uh, for those of you that would like to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International PO Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code is 28654. Now, if you're going to mail in a check, cashier's check, or some other form of uh, written currency, uh, just write a note and say, this is for the field of dreams. Those of you that prefer to electronically bring your giving in, 
you can do so, of course, through the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. And if you want to give into the special project, there is an orange link on the homepage. It says projects. Click on it and you'll see Field of Dreams and you can sow right there. If you want to bring in your regular tithe, which is essential for the smooth operation of God's work here, then you'll see the red banner that says give and it has a heart and you can click on that and bring your tithe in. Praise the Lord. Remember tithes are what we give above the, uh, excuse me. The offerings are what we give above the tithe. The tithe belongs to the Lord. The tithe we give the offering we sow as seed. Praise the Lord. Father, I just thank you that you're going to give your people the manifestation of their kingdom dreams as well. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm just getting in my spirit. God's going to help. There's some of you that you need your own home. Uh, perhaps you've rented or you've leased or whatever the case might be, and you've always had a desire, a dream to own your own home. Because of your interest in God's house, God will see to it that that dream is fulfilled. Praise God. I know that's a word for some. Praise the Lord. And I'll say this also. God is not stingy. God could bless you with two homes. And uh, I've seen that happen before with very godly people where God blesses them with more than one home. And he just sometimes just positions his people for overflow. Uh, they may not even use that second house except as for a blessing. And there's many creative things you can do to be a blessing. That's for sure. And that again is the core thrust of God's blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. Everything that we have comes from God. And we sow what we can, what the Holy Spirit leads. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to jump into today's message. We're going to talk today about the three degrees of faith. Thank you, Jesus. The three degrees of faith. I'm very excited to share this. I do feel there's one particular nugget in this message today that if you grab this one nugget, I actually think it's one of the greatest scriptures in the Bible and it's right out there in front of everybody. And I think sometimes because of that, it's in the gospels that we can read it and not really catch uh, the, the crazy good uh, impact of what Jesus was trying to get across through that statement. But we're going to get to that today in just a moment. Today we're talking about the three degrees of faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would open the eyes of our understanding, that your Holy Spirit would come and just bring light so that we can see your word and clearly just take it and begin to immediately apply it to our lives. Father, take us in to the place of great faith. Now, we thank you because many have a great calling. Many that are watching and listening today, they have a great vision. And they're never going to be able to get it done unless they move into the realm of great faith. So thank you, Father God. Let us take your message today to heart. We give you praise in Jesus' name. We all agree and say, Amen. Let me ver uh, very briefly mention what the three uh, degrees of faith are. Faith does have three degrees, and the degree that you operate in determines the type of results that you will experience in your life. 
life. Those three degrees are, number one, no faith. N-O, no faith. That, of course, is not good. Number two, little faith. And number three, which is where we're moving towards and want to camp out out and, li- uh, and just live there and just get stronger. This is the realm. This is the degree of great faith. So let me give a little definition. Uh, maybe not a definition, but just uh, I want to bring this down so that you can see what they're going to produce. No faith produces no results. Little faith will produce little results. But great faith is the only type of faith that can produce great results. And I think the most amazing thing is that your faith can grow into the degree that you want it to operate in. And this is incredible. Let's go over now to Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. This is a classic verse that anybody that which studied the subject of faith is usually going to end up coming towards this verse and uh, pondering on it. Again, Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly. Now, that's an amazing statement. Your faith grows exceedingly. Paul here mentions and sees the need for us to grow in faith in a, in a way that is exceedingly just ongoing, stronger and stronger. You and I, we have a responsibility to grow our faith because God has given to each of us a measure of faith. There is no Christian, my friends, who does not have at least a measure of faith. The very day that you got born again, whether it's daytime or nighttime, the moment you gave your heart to Jesus and uh, Christ came into your heart and the Holy Spirit indwelt you as a born again believer, that moment you were born again, the measure of faith was imputed into your spirit and you have the measure of faith. Praise God. And you can grow it and you can develop it. And God expects us to do just that. We see in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, that God has dealt to each one. That's to every believer. God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. That measure is on the inside of you right now. And it's your choice what you're going to do with it. And there are some Christians that it seems like about the only thing they use their faith for is the initial salvation. You know, they, they got saved and that, that, that salvation was by, it was by grace. So they didn't earn it. I didn't earn it. It was a free gift. Praise God. But my friends, that's what brought us into the kingdom. We're saved by grace through faith. Now that we're in the kingdom, we're not supposed to retire the faith. We're supposed to grow in it and apply it to any type of need that we would encounter in life. Now, first of all, let's talk about the very lowest degree, which would be the area of no faith. I hate to even say it. (laughs) No faith. It doesn't even sound good. It doesn't even roll off the tongue good, but we do need to examine it because sure enough, we see it in the Bible. Luke chapter 22, Luke 22, 
And let's drop down to verse 31. Praise the Lord. Because I, I see that God's taking you to great faith. If you believe that right where you're at, say amen. Praise God. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Praise the Lord. Jesus knew that if Peter's faith failed him, then he's done. He's finished because faith can fail. Faith is a living force, but we also realize that anything that has life in it, whether it's a cat, a dog, a human, or uh, whether a stick of uh, 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 celery growing out of the ground or peanuts growing in the ground or whatever it might be, anything that has life potentially also could die. So we have to keep our faith alive. And when we keep our faith alive, praise God, then we will continue to move forward. And eventually, step by step, uh, action by action, we will com complete the assignment, the task that God has given to every individual. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So thank God that Jesus was praying for Peter that his faith fail not because it is a potential for somebody's faith to fail. But I believe today as you're watching, even if you feel like you're at a very low level with your faith, you're at the right spot because faith comes by hearing God's word unpackaged and taught and explained and faith is rising in you today and you're headed towards what even would be described in the Bible as great faith. And we're going to get to that in just a minute. But first let's go by Mark. Mark chapter 4, praise God. Mark chapter 4, and we're going to drop down to verse 37. This is very important that we learn what's going on here in this story. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do, do you not care that we are perishing? Wow, I'm not making fun of the apostles, but I tell you what, uh, when, when real serious stress, strife, overwhelming circumstances hit, you can, uh, if you're not grounded in faith, you can act in ways that later you think, well, the devil really had me running around like a chicken with my head cut off. So, uh, you know, uh, and the enemy likes to try to get God's people to be caught in such situations. And they're going through a very stressful situation right now. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it? Please listen to this. How is it that you have no faith. Wow. Amazing. How is it that you have no faith? They could not calm the storm, although I'm sure they wanted to, but they could not calm the storm because they had no faith. 
In the same way, you and I, we can't calm the storms that will come into our lives, the very challenging circumstances. We cannot calm them either unless we are operating in God's faith. Praise the Lord. So this is why we must, we must not be in this category of no faith because that degree of no faith will make you a constant victim of the devil's assaults upon your life. You'll find that what's happening is you're going to be hit by every diabolical attack that the enemy can throw at you. And you're wondering, why is he doing it? Well, he's doing it. Number one, because you're not protected because it's only according to scripture, we see that it is only the shield of faith that can protect you from the arrows of the enemy. And it's the shield of faith, not the shield of hope and then a wishing and a begging and a bawling and a squalling. It is the shield of faith. And we see this mentioned in Ephesians chapter six. And let's uh, take a look at it in verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Woo. Praise God. You can stop them. You can stop them. But if you have no faith, you, you're, you don't even know where the shield is at. Wow. But all you have to do is take it and hold it up and block with the shield of faith. Praise the Lord. All right. Praise God. Now, Let's move over to an area where we would find more Christians camped at. And this would be the area not of no faith. This is the area that is called little faith. Mm -mm. And we see it demonstrated. Another example of this one in the book of Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14, let's go to verse 28. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, wow, I like that real swiftness of the Lord. Peter never even had uh, the water up the nose which is a very irritating feeling. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? Notice again, Oh, you of little faith. My friends, please notice little faith cannot handle challenging circumstances. Little faith cannot handle big waves and strong wind. It just cannot get you through those great challenges. So the dimension of faith required to stay above water in this case, could that, that, that dimension of faith could not be found in Peter. What happened? He began to sink. And so will you and I, if we try to exist on little faith, but life is coming at us a whole lot faster than what little faith can handle. Mm -mm. Here we see that little faith is vulnerable to doubt when confronted by these great challenges. And you and I are just going to have to accept the responsibility that we cannot 
accomplish what God has called us to do with teeny, teeny weeny, little bitty, tiny little faith. Hallelujah. We must develop and build up our faith and get over into the category of great faith. Praise the Lord. Second Timothy chapter three, second Timothy chapter three. I'm getting close to sharing with you in just a few more moments, that amazing scripture that I want to show you. But first, second Timothy chapter three, verse one tells you why you need to get out of the mode of little faith, start climbing higher. Verse one, but know this, that in the last days, lift your hands and say, we're there. Know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. They're coming. They're here. And it's only going to increase these difficult circumstances that global leaders sit down and try to fix, but it's beyond their ability to fix it and come complexities and difficulties and natural problems and uh, all kinds of perilous, difficult situations are just going to be all over the place. And I'm telling you that little faith, it's not going to get you through. You must move to the higher ground. Praise God. If you have little faith, then you will allow doubt to cancel out the miracle that God intends for you to hold and experience. So today, determine, if you're there, determine to grow out of little faith. Get out of it. Praise God. Now, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10 is very fitting concerning our study today. Proverbs 24, verse 10. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. My friends, there's going to be people fainting, uh, just throwing their hands up and saying, we don't know what to do anymore. The Bible says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. What is going on? Little faith that cannot deal with these big challenges that are popping up. Mm -mm. But let me tell you right now, the next level that God will take you to can deal with anything this world can throw at you. Anything, anything that the demons and evil spirits can throw. There's not anything that can stand before the realm that we're about to go to next. Praise God. And my friends, that is the realm of great faith. You need great faith to confront great challenges. Praise God. All right. So let's go over to the gospel of Matthew. We're going back to Matthew chapter 15. And I want to show you this verse that's uh, bubbling up in my spirit today. Matthew chapter 15, verse 28. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Now notice this. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. See, we all have different needs. She had a daughter that's possessed with a demon and she, she needs, she needs help. And you can't take that problem to a mechanic. You cannot take that problem to the plumber. You have to take that problem to a man or woman of God or somebody anointed in the area of deliverance who knows how to get the devil out. Praise God. But she had faith because she knew that Jesus was anointed in that area. And so after her great persistency and many 
uh, attempts of being turned away by others. She persisted. She made it through. And Jesus said, O woman, great is your faith. My friends, there is such a thing as great faith that catches the eyes of the Lord. This woman had great faith. But notice the next part. Let it be to you as you desire. I want you to take your highlighter or your pen, and I want you to underline that phrase, as you desire. The woman had great faith. Notice that. Notice that the woman had great faith, and because of that, she had her miracle her way. She got it the way she wanted it. Wow. Pastor Stephen, are you telling me that I can get a miracle customized just like you can go to Burger King and get a, get a Whopper with what you want on it or what you don't want on it. And you can tell them this is the way I want it. And they'll do it for you just like that. Are you telling me that God can actually respond in the same way? Absolutely. Again, look what Jesus said. Oh woman, great is your faith. You, now look, you're not going to experience stuff like this with little faith or no faith. This is why you've got to get into this degree of faith known as great faith. Why? Because you can have your miracle the way you want it. Oh woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you, not as God desires, not as others think it should be done. Let it be to you as you desire. Woo! We're getting personalized now. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Great faith delivers your miracle to you the way you want it. And I know you want a miracle, and I know that you would, there is a way that you would prefer that it would unfold or that God would package it for you. I'm here to tell you today on authority of a scripture, you can have it that way. Woo, praise God, she did. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And so we see that if you move yourself and develop yourself into this degree of great faith, great faith makes the impossible become possible. And there would be some that would step back and criticize and say, oh, no, that's just Wishful thinking, Pastor Stephen, and there would be some that would say, oh, I don't know if I've ever met anybody that had it done like that. But those are people that are either operating in no faith or very, very little faith. And their faith muscles are not developed. And if you try to tell them that it's possible to bench press 500 pounds, they say, oh, no, that's, that, that would literally crush your chest. There's nobody that can do it. But, yes, it can be done. I've seen it done. I've, no, I've met guys that can do that. And uh, I think the world record now is like 800 pounds or something like that. That's unassisted without any of these shirts that some of these guys wear that constrict and help with uh, do, do even a little heavier weights than that. But I'm telling you, great faith can take you into realms that literally you are walking in the miraculous. And not only are you walking in them, you can command the miracle, even the way that you want it. God will work with you and God will honor you in that area. Praise God. So it's so good. I want to say it again. Great faith delivers your miracle to you the way you want it. Now, who in the world wouldn't want that? <laughs> Just by this alone, somebody saying, Pastor Stephen, I'm not messing around anymore. I'm getting in the great faith because 
it'll do two things. One, you can get it. And number two, you can get it the way you want it. Wow. Praise the Lord. And that, my friends, is very, very exciting. But of course, it's not the only example in the Bible of great faith. Let's turn back a little to the left to Matthew chapter 8. Woo! Praise God. Mm -mm. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Excuse me while I get a drink of water. You know, when you don't have the ability to help somebody, or you realize something is beyond your power, and you see somebody, a human being, created in the image of God, uh, in torment, uh, it does something to you. Even an animal, seeing a precious, innocent animal suffer, you just think, God, what can I do to help in this situation? Praise God. And so this centurion, he's just like, um, uh, he's not sick, but he, he's emotionally distraught by seeing what's going on with his servant. Verse seven, and Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. I'm not going to come and do a bunch of poking and probing. I'm not going to come and tell him to stick his tongue out. I'm not doing that. I'm coming to heal him. Praise God. Now, if you want to have him stick out his tongue or whatever, or check his feet, that's fine. But the bottom line is, this is going to take the power of the Holy Spirit. This is going to take the anointing of God to change this situation. This is the miracle realm. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed for I am. I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go and he goes into another come and he comes and to my servant do this. And he does it. So this man understood the centurion understood that just as he has authority by his rank and the power invested in him by the Roman army to tell guys under him, do this, do that, do this, do that. He has somehow realized through understanding that Jesus has authority over sickness and disease by what he says, and he can tell it to go. And just as the centurion can tell one of his lower servants to go and he's got to do it. He realizes that Jesus can tell sickness, disease to go or demons to go, and they have got to obey him and he's caught it and he has seen it and he's convinced of it. Wow. Wow. So he says, Jesus, you don't have to come. Just speak the word. Just say it and it'll happen. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. I mean, it stopped him and he has to comment on it and said to those who followed the surely I say to you, I have not found. Oh, that means he's looking for it. I have not found. He's still looking for it today. And you know where he's looking He's looking in your house. He's looking in your room. He's looking in your life. And he wants to find this in you. He's not looking for no faith. That doesn't take anything to 
to be in that category. He's not looking for little faith. That doesn't, that doesn't stop him. That's not going to, you know, cause him to turn his head and take notice of that. But he is still looking today for great faith in you, in me. Praise God. May he find it when he comes to visit you. Praise God. I believe he will. Thank you, Jesus. Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith. Great faith. There is a category. There is a degree called great faith. This is biblical. There are different levels. This is the highest level. It is called great faith. I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Israel, the people of faith, mm, but not really walking in it. Wow. Praise God. But he found it there. He found it there. And I believe that when you have a good understanding of how faith works and you develop it and build it and grow it, you can come into great faith. This is not just for a couple of people, a couple of great men, a couple of great women. This is potential for any believer to merge into. This is possibility. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You need to build your faith up to the point of great faith. The centurion received a great miracle. Why? Because he applied great faith. And when you apply great faith, you're going to receive great miracles too. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let me say that to have greatness in your life, in the various area, whatever your career field would be, not only in your career field, but let's say you have your own business or even, uh, again, back if it's your career field or even health in your body. If you want to re achieve great health, great peace, anything that you begin to get into this extraordinary realm, it's going to take you great faith to do that because you're always going to have all of these other things out there floating around, which will say, uh, that's not possible, but great faith doesn't even argue with it. Great faith does not ever, please listen to what I'm about to tell you. Great faith does not ever, ever beg God. Begging has no faith in it. That's why God does not respond to begging. If he did, you would see him moving and manifesting in the greatest areas where you have the most beggars at. But usually where you see people begging God, you see people that are still not getting their miracle. Please, my friends, move into faith. You, you, it, you cannot please God without it. There's a place for crying, perhaps, because we want to be compassionate people. But when you want a miracle, begging, crying, bawling and squalling do not move the hand of God, but great faith will hallelujah. And begging does not have any faith in it. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. So grow yourself into great faith. Miracles respond to faith in God and his word. And let me just say that faith doesn't somehow just jump on people. 
oh, Pastor Stephen, that person is just more spiritual because somehow they just are. No, no, it doesn't work like that. No more than, uh, you know, large muscles somehow just jump on a guy. Sure, there's genetics, but genetics will not take you to the top of the podium uh, in certain areas of power competition. Uh, no, you're going to have to really get in the gym. You're just going to have to get strong. And if you're not strong, you're not going to be able to get into that category. Praise God. So faith doesn't just jump on people. Faith is cultivated. Faith is grown. Woo! Praise God. So in other words, you have to do something about it. You have a responsibility to build yourself up in this area. So I want to encourage you today to settle down in the word. Settle down in your word, uh, in the word of God, so that your faith can come alive. Mm -mm. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. Faith comes by hearing God talk. My friends, get back to the book. Get back to the good old book. Get back to the Bible. And also buy good Christian books that help open up the Bible to you that help explain and teach God's word to you in what, whatever particular category that you desire to study such as faith. Hallelujah. Study those books. It will help you praise God. But I think in this time in which we're living, we have to just settle down and begin to soak in it and meditate in it. And that life will start to flow in. And then you can take hold of these things that God has said that he will do. Praise God. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Praise the Lord. Luke 10, 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now, I'm sure that if you were to do a survey, especially if it was a public survey, nobody would be willing to admit to answering honestly on this survey if they had not done it. But I would tell you that this is true today, that if Jesus Christ were to come to the earth, let's say just for an hour, and he said, you know, this is not my second coming, but I'm going to come back in the flesh and I'm just going to teach for one hour. I can guarantee you that even if he went to the same town and the same church that some Christians go to, they would still not go to hear him teach. Why? Same reason Martha wouldn't. And he's in her house. He is it God is in her house in flesh and blood and he's teaching and she's back there cooking pasta or cooking beans or setting the table, but he's teaching. Wow. My friends, you have got to learn to get under the spout where the glory is coming out. And when the anointing is flowing, and God is ministering his word to you and life is flowing in. Don't worry about the food. Just go out and eat later. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. And I'll be honest. I feel it just like anybody does. I feel the pool. I, I feel the pool by God's grace. 
Over the years, I have disciplined myself, by God's grace, to, however, sit and stay there. Why? I've learned that's where the fount is at. That's where the glory is flowing. It's from the mouth of the Lord, and I'm not going to miss that. And if I have to sit here, and I don't even know who won the Super Bowl, I had to find, uh, recently I had to find out because I, I didn't even know. I'm not into that stuff. Praise God. Not that there's anything wrong with it or something like that, but I have an assignment from the Lord. And uh, uh, I'm just telling you, uh, don't expect to catch me out on the golf course. <laughs> I've got too much going on. I might take a little break or something like that, but I don't have all day to just go goof off and do stupid stuff. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But I'll tell you this, while you may not find me on the golf course trying to play nine rounds in one day, You'll find me at the master's feet. And that is where the Lord wants to see you at also because he's teaching. He's dispensing the knowledge that you need that will put you over in life. The growth of this ministry, the ongoing development of this ministry is not luck or chance. And I have had people attribute it to just that. Oh, Pastor Stephen, you're lucky. Oh, Pastor Stephen, you know, it just seems like the right door is open for you. My friends, it's not luck. It's going into the powerhouse gym of God's Word and just getting in there and working out and developing my faith and looking for scriptures that feed me, that nourish me, and what happens after I just continue to chew on it and soak on it, my faith comes alive. And thus we keep moving forward by God's grace from glory to glory and from strength to strength. Somebody has been stuck on a certain strength level for too long called little faith. It is time. It is time for you to move on up. You know, I, I was in college, and when I was a freshman on the, on the track team, um, I, was, I was in what you would call the B group. The A group was mainly seniors and some juniors, and they were all really good, really fast, um, if not winning at meets, really way up there. I mean, really good, really good runners. And uh, I was a sophomore, and my times were really getting better. And I remember one day we were out on the training run, and uh, this was like an eight-mile run. So, you know, this wasn't like, this is just a normal training day. This is our afternoon run, four, four miles in the morning, and that afternoon we we're running eight miles. So we're doing this big loop, and then we end up back at the college track, uh, at the campus track there. And so, it was in the afternoon run that uh, I'm in the B pack. Why? Because we can't keep up with the A pack. And I'm in the back there with the B pack guys, and we're running. And you know, you you can run, but you're not killing yourself. You can still talk, and you can kind of converse. You know, as we're you know maybe about eight of us running in this pack together. But about 200 yards ahead was the A pack, and I I don't know what hit me, but I just I just took off, and I thought I'm going to catch the A pack. And I did. I did. And when I got there, the best distance runner on the team, he turned around and said, he said, hey, welcome to the A team. Welcome to the A group. <laughs> I said, oh, thanks. Uh, hope I can stay here. And uh, by God's grace, did hang around there for a while. But my friends, you just have to, you have to make that push. It's up to you. It's not up to God who has great faith. It's up to you. You can develop your faith. So settle down like Mary that's why Jesus said, Martha, 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 you are worried and troubled about many things. And friends, let me insert, that's an awful place to live. Where you're just worried and troubled with all kinds of stuff. That is an awful life. 
that God never intended for his people to live. He wants you to have peace, and this is how you get it. You can't have peace without strong faith, okay? But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part. I pray that this year, that while Mary's name, of course, will be always eternally in the Word of God, I pray that your name could be put in there, that you, that you have chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her, nor from you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And let me say in closing, you're going to need this faith. You're going to need this great faith, and we must rise into it. Praise God, because God's going to do miracles, great things. Hallelujah. We want to step into it and sustain and build. Praise God. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for impartation of grace for your people to come into great faith, to make the push, and to say there must be more in me than this. Lord, there is. It's their faith, but they have to develop it and exercise it. And I thank you, Father God. Show them their future and what you have planned for their lives, and take them into it through the exercise, through the application of great faith. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, say this. I walk in great faith. Come on, the Bible, even if you don't feel like you do, the Bible says, let, let the weak say they're strong. So say this out loud. Say, I walk in great faith, and I'm going to have my miracle just the way I want it. Whoo, glory to God. Mm -mm -mm. Somebody, you're already picking out the color. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. And you know, and the best thing, and eternal life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, if you're watching today, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what are you waiting on? Choose life. When you receive Christ, you receive eternal life that comes into your heart. Your sin nature is put away, and the life of God comes into you. If you would like to receive Jesus as your Savior, and you want to turn from your sin, you're fed up with it. You want to give your life to God. Pray this prayer right now. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died to save sinners. Jesus, save me now. I give my life completely to you. Wash me with your blood. Write my name in your book of life. Step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Welcome. <laughs> Woo. Welcome to the family of God. And I'd like to hear from you. Email me. Those of you that have prayed that prayer for the first time. Email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Now, as a church family, hallelujah, let's take Holy Communion together. And if you're a believer in Christ, you can certainly take communion with us. Praise the Lord. Grab some grape juice and grab some unleavened bread. I use these little wafers. Praise God. It just makes it easier. If you don't have these exact items, do the best you can. Maybe you have a Cheez-It or a little cracker or something like that.
But eventually, get your grape juice and your, and your wafer. But use what you can for now. Father, we thank you for the, the bread and the juice. We bless it through this prayer and set it apart as holy. And we thank you that this is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. And he instructed us to do it until he comes back. Oh, God, we give you praise. We thank you that as we receive the flesh of the Lord, we thank you, Father, that we can have a miracle when we're walking in great faith, and we can have it just the way we want it, even customized. Woo! Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. But, Father, these are the things of the realm of great faith. Oh, God, we thank you for the lifting and the time in the gym to develop it. Oh, we give you praise. Thank you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's flesh. Somebody is asking a question in, in your heart, in your mind. You're saying, Pastor Stephen, what should I do if I'm begging God? Begging is a sign that you have not built your faith up to approach God the right way. When you are loaded with great faith, you don't beg, you say. You're so full, the word begins to come out. You say, and you'll begin to proclaim things like, this must come to pass. This has to come to pass. This is the will of God. This must be done, and this will be done. You, you're not even in a begging realm. No, you're not even in, in stuff like that anymore. Great faith operates different, talks completely different. Hallelujah. Let's take the, uh, the blood of Jesus. Father, thank you for the blood. We ask that if we have committed any sins, sins of commission, sins of omission, things we should have done, things we, we or, but we didn't do, or things we did do that would be wrong, uh, perhaps words spoken in unbelief, perhaps actions of doubt because we were not in faith. Father, whatever the sins would be, we ask for forgiveness, cleansing through Christ's blood. We thank you, Father God, for forgiveness of sins and the cleansing of all unrighteousness. Oh, God, we thank you. You're causing dreams and miracles to happen in the lives of your people. And, Father, we give you all of the praise. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Somebody's going to build the house, and you will proclaim, this is the house that God built. You won't even say you built it. I mean, people will say, oh, that's, that's a nice house you built. But you will know, this is the house that God built. Hallelujah. That's where great faith will take you to. Mm -mm. Father, we thank you. Pastor Stephen, where do I start? Well, buy the blueprints. Buy the plans. Find what you want. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus and his mighty cleansing power. We receive his blood and all of the benefits of protection. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When your heart is filled with God's word concerning healing, all this talk about, oh, 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 I hope I don't get it. I hope it doesn't get, oh, I've had it twice. I've had it four times already. I hope I don't get it again. And you say, 
you know, well, I haven't had it. I'm not going to get it. I mean, people can't understand that. Why? No faith or either little faith. And they just, they don't know. They don't even understand the language of great faith. Praise God. But speak your faith. Hallelujah. Praise God. It takes great faith to walk in great health, especially with all the goofy stuff that's out there in the world. But it is doable. Praise God. Amen. It is absolutely doable. And there are many that are walking in it right now. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And we're all on the same planet. We're all breathing the same air. We're all, uh, you know, I'm still on airplanes. I still go out all the time. But yet, I'm telling you, it will work when you build yourself up in that area. Praise God. Praise God. Father, bless your people. I thank you. This is their year of miracles. This is their year of great faith. We thank you. Bless your people in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time.